Um, and we are going to carry on um, uh, looking really at prayer, and um, we've been looking at the Trinity, but I really want to make our understanding of, of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as practical as possible. So last week we, we explored a bit about um, the implications of praying our Father, if you remember. And, and so I just want to take that a little bit further today. Um, if, you want, if you have a Bible and you want to open it, we're going to look at Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 18. Just one short verse, but a very Trinitarian verse, which I'll come to in a minute. So that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18, um, which if you've got one of these green church Bibles is on page 1,174. Um, we'll come to that in a second. Um, but I just want us just to just quickly consider some of the things that we will have heard probably in church or things we often pray ourselves, some phrases that we use. There's lots of them, and I'm only going to touch on a few of them, but there are some phrases that you'll hear people say when they pray. They will, we will, and we say, we say, do we not, Heavenly Father... Yeah, and we pray, Heavenly Father, and then we pray, da 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 da. Or at the end, and we did it just a minute ago when we prayed for, for, for Josh and for Leslie, we pray, In Jesus' name, yes? And, um, and if, if, you, um, if you get maybe more in sort of a high church setting, but not always, in fact, more and more I'm hearing it in, in low church as well, people will pray in the name of the Father and of the Son. Out of the Holy Spirit, yeah, um, and these are powerful phrases. They're powerful um, things that we include in our prayers, but also they could be things that could lose their impact or their meaning if we pray them and they simply become uh, things we just say to make prayers sound like prayers. If that makes sense, you know, you know, let's let's um, let's pray and then to make it sound like a prayer, we'll say at the end, and in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know what I mean? Um, or, or we use it almost like a punctuation mark. You know, we, we kind of, dear Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father keeps that. I mean, it almost becomes like a, a beginning and end of our sentence. Um, so, uh, not that these phrases are wrong. In fact, they're very right. They're very right, these, these phrases in our prayers. But I want us to refresh and reawaken ourselves why we pray these things and why we use these words. So if you've got Ephesians there, this is one verse, okay, which, um, and it's speaking about Jesus, so that the hymn we're talking about is Jesus, the Son of God. So I'm going to read it to you, it says, for through him, Jesus that is, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. People who try and find uh, the Trinity in the Bible get really excited about this particular verse because there you have in one verse, you have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all in one verse. Nice, neat, nice little passage there, nice little package. Um, and really that, that one verse describes, if you like, the shape of the Christian message, the shape of the gospel. It outlines as a one-liner um, who God is and our relationship to him. It's like a three-point sermon in one verse, if you like three-point sermons. Um, it's Trinitarian. The shape of God is Trinitarian. Our relationship with God is Trinitarian. We have complete access to God as Father, and we come to him through the Son, and we come to him by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to expand that a little bit. Um, you know the story. God the Father sends the Son, Jesus. We remember that in communion. And then... After that, he sends 
God the Spirit. And God the Son works for us to bring salvation. Yeah, so you, you know the story. God, Jesus humbled himself as a human and he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, that's what Jesus said. So the way to the Father is through the Son. And he, we remember this as we break bread and communion. He humbles himself as, as a human to the point of death, death on a cross, and then he rises from the dead. And in doing so, he pays the price for all human sin, and redeems us and makes us righteous in God's sight so that we can come before God. Otherwise we wouldn't be able to come before God. But through faith in Jesus and what he has done, we are born again as children of God. So Jesus, the Son of God, works for us to bring salvation and so that we can come before the Father. And so as it says in that verse, we, can, we have access through the Son to the Father. Um. And then when Jesus finishes his work, he goes and he says, I've got to go. This is a strange part of the scriptures. Jesus says, I've got to go because if I don't go, then the Holy Spirit won't come effectively. But I'm going to go and it's going to be good for you because then the Holy Spirit will come. And so then the Holy Spirit comes and works in us. Jesus works for us. The Holy Spirit works in us. And he renews us from the inside out. We sang that song this morning. Even though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is being renewed day by day. So each one of us, no matter how young or old we are, are wearing away on the outside. Every time I cut my hair, there's a little bit less falling on the floor. You know, every time, you know, these, these, these things happen. But that's on the outside. But on the inside, God is renewing us by his spirit day by day. Each day in the spirit, if you like, I'm getting younger. I'm getting stronger. I'm getting newer. That's good. I like that. And... The teaching of the Holy Spirit in us, the Spirit works in us more and more to make us realise that we are children of God. And, and the Bible teaches that it's the Spirit that brings about this adoption of sons inside us so that we, only through the Holy Spirit, can cry out to God as Father. Abba, Father, it says. So... So here's the shape of the gospel. The Son has worked for us to bring salvation. The Spirit works in us to bring salvation. And in that, we can come to God as Father, as children of God, through Christ and by the Holy Spirit. So that's the shape of the gospel. Do you see that in that one verse? Can you see that? So if you ever think, to yourself, if someone says to you, what is the Christian message? You think, right, Ephesians 2.18, just read it. Oh, this is how it works. This is how it works. It's a three-point Three-point message, because we have a three-pointed God, if you like. And in, in, if you're in any doubt about how this works, it is God who's doing this. Have you noticed? God is the one who brings people to himself, by himself, and through himself. Because, as you know, we can't make our own way to God. It's good news to us that God has done this. None of us is righteous in our own Ways We can't be called uh, sons of God in our own right. There's nothing in me that makes me worthy of God to, to call him uh, his son. There's nothing in me that is deserving of blessing from God. There's nothing in myself where I'm able to approach God on anything of my own merit. There's, there's nothing where I can even come to God and say, I have a right to be heard here. Because as the Bible teaches us, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And it's only because God himself, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, has brought himself to us that we are able to approach him through what he has done for us and what he is doing in us. And because of that, and this is the good news, so it's, it's kind of an all or nothing thing with Christianity. It's because God the Father has made the way through his Son and by the Holy Spirit, we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Yeah? It is because God has done this, there is no half measures. There's none of us here who have been kind of saved. There's none of us here where the Holy Spirit is doing a little bit of work inside us. There's none of us here that Jesus has done some of the work to save us. It's either all or nothing. We either accept Jesus as God's Son and Saviour, and so if we do that, we can approach God as Father. Remember I said last week there are no grandchildren in the Kingdom of God. We're either just children or nothing. And, but through Jesus, we can approach God as Father and we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Either that, or we can't come anywhere near. And if you think about how the other religions work, it's really about up to, it's up to the person to prove their work, worth, isn't it? Through their work, through their efforts, to find God's favour. So they may need to pray more or more often to show God. I'm a spiritual person, I'm worthy to be heard here. Or they may need to bring more offering, or they may need to be more sacrifice, or more devotion to their God. And other religions rely on the work of the follower of the religion for their devotion and whatever they do to bring them closer to God. And that's because other religions don't have a three-in-one God. And so they'll be asking, have I done enough to satisfy God? Have I done enough for God to hear me? Have I done enough good work so that God will be pleased with me and hear my prayers? Have I paid enough into the, the, the offering so that God will say, oh, here's someone who's really devoted and now I'll hear their prayers? And they're always thinking, will I make it past the post? Will I get into heaven? Will I make it? And there's no guarantee, is there? A person can always do more a person can always be more devoted. A person can always sacrifice more. A person can always offer more and give more. A person can always study more. But our God is not like this. Our God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit who says that we have access to the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit. We don't work our way into some kind of partial membership into the club. But through what God has done himself we have become the children of God. So we all have access to the Father as fully adopted children through the Son, Jesus Christ, and by the Holy Spirit. And that's good news as well, because that means we also don't have to guess what it means to be a child of God, because if God was a standalone God, not three in one, and he said, okay, now you're my children, you might be thinking, well, what does that mean? How does that work? How much of your children are we? But actually, we don't have to guess what the father's relationship is to his children because he's demonstrated it in himself. The father loves the son unreservedly and pours out his blessings on him. And so when we are in the son, we are like the children. We are the children of God, like the son. And we know through how God works in himself that he loves us the way he loves in himself. Does that make sense? It's a bit kind of... 
Can somebody give me a nod? Yeah. Or a knot or a shake, you know? There's no guesswork here. We're not wondering, I wonder what, it's, wonder what our father's like. Because actually our experience of fathers here in this world may, may leave us questioning sometimes, you know, because we don't have a perfect father, any of us, here on earth. And some are better than others. And maybe we're wondering, well, what's this Father God like if we were just to think of it that way round? But if we think of it the other way round and think, well, God has already shown us what it is like to be a father. Then we know what it is like to be his children. The Trinity reveals that. So how much does he love me? He loves you as much as he loves his own son. And that brings a huge amount of comfort, makes a huge amount of peace. It means that we know that we can relate to the Father as the Son relates to the Father. And so I'll read this verse again. Through him, Jesus, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. Now I've taken this verse a little bit out of context because it says, you might have noticed this, we both. And the verse in its day was talking to the both being the Jews and the Gentiles because up until then, the Jews were the ones who had the privilege of being called known, really, as the, the children of God. But through Jesus, the writer of this letter here is saying, now nah, it's all changed. There's a new, new day has dawned. So it doesn't matter whether you're Jew or Gentile. We all have access to God as Father through Jesus and by the Spirit. So that, in that, that day, when this was written, this was talking about Jews and Gentiles getting together. But I, I want to just encourage us, today this speaks to all of us from different backgrounds, from different upbringings, from different situations. For some of us, we would think we've got a terrible past and then you may look around the room and think there are some real saints here and some real angels. You may do. I don't know. But either way, wherever you've come from, we all have access to the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit. It doesn't matter who we are and where we come from. And we're talking about prayer. So hang on, let's get back to prayer. Because that has huge implications for Christian prayer and what it's like. And so we can know now with this truth of who we are and who God is that when we pray, we're not praying so that we can get our spiritual scorecard marked a bit higher. You know, do some of you feel like that? You know, oh, I better pray just a little bit more and then God might... I know I'll be, I've got a few more brownie points with God. We don't have to work harder to get into God's good books because he is our father and we are his children in Christ. And so when we pray with this verse in mind, we know that we bring our petitions before God as a child does before a father. When Christians pray, actually we're engaging in a Trinitarian thing. We can't help but pray in, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We're not praying to a distant God, we're praying to Father. And if we're praying to Father, that means we're praying to, through the Son. And if we're praying to Father, it also means we're praying with, by the Holy Spirit. Do you see, you can't get away from that if you're a Christian. So when we pray, we pray and we're getting involved with the Trinity. When we pray to the Father through the Son and by the Holy Spirit, we are actually entering in to God himself. Where the structure of the gospel is just being enacted in us. So, in fact, I encourage you to, to learn that phrase, I'm going to pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, because as you do so, you actually are engaging in the whole of what God has done for us and what God is continuing to do for us. 
because he's deeply involved in our salvation. And when we pray, God is at work in us. You may just think, you may be just sitting in your room at home or you may just have a little moment of quiet before the day starts or at the end of the day or whenever or however you pray. I was on the train yesterday. On Friday morning I had to get a... I don't know how people do this every day. I got a 6.30 train. Yeah. How do people do that? You know, how do, with people with normal jobs. This is weird, you know. Crazy. But I was on the train and I, I had my um, Celtic Day Prayer app on, on, on my phone so I was praying this prayer as I was gazing out the window and you may just think in, on the one hand you may just think well I'm just sitting here on a train with other, a whole load of other people travelling into London but as I'm praying I'm engaging through the Son with the Father and by the Holy Spirit that's big that's huge these are not this is not just somebody talking to themselves as they gaze out the window. This is the Holy Spirit working in me so that I can call on God as Father and know that in that day He will hear me as Father just as a Father hears their Son because I'm praying through the Son by the Spirit to the Father. I'm going to read you a bit from, to, just to wrap up, I'm going to read you from a book called Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Some of you may have read it. Um, C.S. Lewis, he's famous for writing those books, uh, The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, and, and those, those, which are great books, by the way. We've been we, reading through these with the, the children. They're just so full of rich um, Christian uh, metaphor and meanings. Great. But anyway, he also wrote some books for adults. Um, <laughs> and this is one of them, Mere Christianity. And, and he says this. What I mean is this. An ordinary simple Christian kneels down to say his prayers. He is trying to get in touch with God. But if he's a Christian, he knows that what is prompting him to pray is also God. God, so to speak, inside him. But he also knows that all his real knowledge of God comes through Christ, the man who was God. That Christ is standing beside him, helping him to pray and praying for him. You see, what is happening? God is the thing which he is praying. Sorry, God is the thing to which he is praying, the goal he is trying to reach. God is also the thing inside him which is pushing him on, the motive power. God is also the road or the bridge along which he is being pushed to that goal. So that the whole threefold life of the three-person being is actually going on in that ordinary little bedroom where an ordinary man is saying his prayers. The man is caught up into a higher kind of life. He is being pulled into God, by God, while still remaining himself. Do you see what Lewis is saying? It is, when we pray, it is the Spirit who is motivating us to pray. And when we pray, it is the Son who enables us to bring our prayers to the Father. And when we pray, we can speak to the Father because all these things are happening all around us. So it is God in us, God around us, and God right in front of us. Now you probably maybe realised a lot of that, and I just wanted to just awaken us again to that reality. And pray. 
Come Holy Spirit and awaken that Trinitarian reality in us. So that when we pray and we say, in Jesus' name. Yeah, and I'm sure we've all prayed that. All right? Whether we thought about what we're saying or not. Because sometimes it just becomes a, how am I going to end this prayer? You don't even think it, but just subconsciously say, da, 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 da. in Jesus' name, Amen. But when we pray that, we would know that we approach God through the Son, Jesus. And as we approach God through the Son, Jesus, we know that we are loved and treasured as his children. And that Jesus has made a way for us to boldly become the Father. So don't use in Jesus' name as just a little sign-off at the end. But actually, maybe this should be our starting point. Maybe we should start our prayer, in Jesus' name, I'm coming to the Father. And then that gets us in the place where we realise that we aren't just hopefully maybe bringing something to God that he might listen to if he hasn't got anything better to do on a Tuesday afternoon, but that we are praying as his children. Because we are praying in whose name? Jesus' Jesus' name. And who is Jesus? He's the Son of God. Yeah? And so we can come to the Father through the Son of God. So maybe that should be the launch point of our prayers. I'll let you think about that. You can get yourself into a right tongue twister. Like, when do I pray in Jesus' name? Do I pray at the beginning? Don't, don't get hung up on it. But just think, more of a thought as you pray. I'm going to pray now in Jesus' name. Because as I pray in Jesus' name, I'm coming as a child. And when we pray in our prayers, Heavenly Father, again, it could easily just be something that we just say, but meditate on that. And know as we pray, Heavenly Father, we know it's the Holy Spirit who's working us. Because it's only the Holy Spirit that enables us to say, God, you are Father. In fact, doesn't it say, the Holy Spirit says that we can say, Abba, Father. Abba is that kind of very personal way of speaking. Father is a bit formal in our language, isn't it? Yeah, but my kids call me Dad or Daddy. Yeah? Father is more Victorian, I suppose, but... uh, but there's that intimacy that the Holy Spirit allows us to speak to God that way. And as we say, Heavenly Father, know that Jesus the Son has worked for us to enable us to come before our Heavenly Father as children. And know that as we call out to God as Father, we don't pray to a distant, far-off God, but one who is close and that we can draw close to. See, when we, when we say Heavenly Father, that doesn't mean a long way away. Heavenly means more, more like good and perfect. Think of Heavenly that way rather than Heavenly a long, long way away. We pray to a Father who is good and close and loving and generous. Daddy. That's a good way of describing. And so we enter into the family of the Trinity and speak with the Father that way. Let this be a living reality. And finally, when we pray in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, let us know that we enter into the life of God himself, that it is the Spirit working in us, that it is Jesus working for us, that we may come to the Father. And so when we pray, let us be awakened to the reality that we are coming to God, with God inside us and God working for us. That's an amazing and wonderful thing. And so I wonder whether to finish with, I hadn't thought to do this, but we haven't prayed the Lord's Prayer today. Not that we have to pray every time we gather, but I want to let's just pray the Lord's Prayer together. And as we pray, have these things in mind. Have these things in mind. And as you pray this week, bear these things in mind. 
that you may pray with more confidence and with boldness and with more intimacy and with more love and a greater relationship with our Heavenly Father. So let's pray together as we say, in the words that we know, some of us will say sins and some will say transgressions, but God knows. Um, but let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. <coughs>